We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principle. I am your host, Jethro Jones, and you can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I want to take a minute and invite you to participate in the Transformative Leadership Summit this year. We've got about 30 awesome speakers. Jeff Zolds, John Harper, Mike Anderson, Kyle Palmer, Bill Ziegler, and many, many more. And I'd like to invite you to come and check it out. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be releasing little mini episodes of the Transformative Principle podcast that are highlights from the Transformative Leadership Summit. So you can get an idea of who you're going to be learning from and what you will get from it. So I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening to the Transformative Principle podcast. Go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com to sign up for that event. It'll be July 31st through August 8th. I always forget to say that. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am so excited to have Aaron Walker on the program today. Aaron Walker is without question a veteran entrepreneur. He started his first business at 18 and selling to a Fortune 500 company nine short years later demonstrates Aaron's passion for succeeding. Unwilling to rest on past success, Aaron started, bought, and sold 12 successful companies over the past 38 years. Having a strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other notable Nashvillians. Aaron has enjoyed a 37-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin. Today, Aaron spends the majority of his time helping men grow in success and significance as president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life and business coaching resource. Aaron's new book, View from the Top, is guaranteed to motivate and inspire you to live a successful and significant life. Also, Aaron is the co-author of The Mastermind Blueprint, endorsed by many, including Seth Godin. Aaron has a vibrant history that guarantees to inspire you to reach heights you have never dreamed possible. And I really enjoyed this interview with Aaron. I love talking with people who are not in education about leadership and growing and becoming our best because they have such a different view and yet a very similar view at the same time. So I hope you enjoy this. Also, we talk a little bit about masterminds, and I greatly encourage you to check out my mastermind, transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind, and I guarantee you will 
enjoy joining that and learning from it. So with that, here is my interview with Aaron Walker. Welcome to the Transformative Principle. I am so excited to have a great leader, Aaron Walker, on the program today. Aaron, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Hey, Jethro. Thank you, buddy, for having me on the Transformative Principle, man. I can't wait to get into this interview. Thank you, buddy. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because you are not an educator, but you care deeply about education. And right now you're a, a leadership and business coach, and you've been had a very successful career in business as an entrepreneur. And I'm excited to talk to you about how we can grow ourselves as leaders and how I'm sure that you've experienced this where there's a million different things going on and you, your life, what you do gets put on the back burner. And I'm sure that you have some strategies for dealing with that. And that's what we as principals face all the time. So maybe we can start a little bit about you telling your story and so people know who you are if they haven't uh, heard from you before. Well, thank you, Jethro. You know, I was just sitting here thinking when you were introducing me and you said I'm not an educator. Truth is, I am an educator. I educate businessmen. I help ordinary men become extraordinary. I coach entrepreneurs all over the world. And I guess you could say I'm an educator. I'm just not in the school systems. So that's right. You and that's I right. both are educators. I'm just having fun with you today, buddy. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I want to give a little context to who I am, but I don't want to make this interview about myself. I wanted to make it about your listeners and how they too can have a very successful yet significant life. But let me take you back, give you the 30,000 foot overview real quick, and then we'll get into the interview. Sounds good. When I was 13 years old, I started working in a local pawn shop in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a native Nashvilleian, love it here, born and raised here, lived here, I'll die here. But I absolutely am crazy about Nashville. So as a child, 13 years old, I started working in a local pawn shop. Fell in love with the business, went to night school and summer school for 18 months. I was able to graduate at the beginning of my junior year in high school. Met two guys that had a lot of money, Jethro, because I didn't have any. We come from a very humble background. I mean, like, that's saying it nicely. Like, we were broke. We didn't have any money. My dad was a great man, but he was a terrible business person. And I had to get around some guys that knew business, met a couple of guys that owned the 21st largest insurance agency in the country. And we partnered. We opened our own pawn shop. God really blessed it. We had four stores by the time I was 27. A Fortune 500 company in Fort Worth, Texas came and rung the bell. They said, we want to buy your stores. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I was finished, like done. I was retired at 27. And I thought, my goodness, this is the American dream. How could it get any better than this? Well, Robin and I, my wife, wife now of 37 years. We got married two weeks out of high school and she was in the business with me, helped me grow the business. And I woke up on a Monday morning at 27 years old, completely finished. And I thought, man, this is utopia. Well, here's what I discovered, Jethro. It wasn't as uh, the utopia that I thought it was because I got fat and lazy. 18 months later, Robin woke me up from a nap in the middle of the day, and she said, you're getting fat and lazy, and this is not what I signed up for. And I said, the truth is, Robin, I don't have any reason to get up. I mean, we've got two beautiful girls, but I had plenty of time. We had a little bit of money in the bank, and I didn't need to do anything. And what I discovered, Jethro, is I didn't have any purpose. 
I didn't have yeah. any meaning, right? So Robin said, hey, big boy, go start another business. Go back to work. I don't care what you do. I went back, bought the company that I started with when I was 13 years old. We spent the next 10 years quadrupling that business. I worked three days. My partner worked the other three, and we did that for a decade. Well, here's where everything changed. August 1st, 2001. 16 years ago, I was headed to the office. It was a Wednesday morning. It was beautiful outside, uh, 7.30 in the morning. I looked up, and I was on a four-lane highway headed to the office, and a guy named Enrique was crossing the street to catch a local bus, and he didn't look my way, and he ran out in front of me, and Jethro, I ran over and killed a pedestrian. And my life come to a halt that day, literally. Jethro, I don't know if you've ever been in a really, really bad situation like that, but it seems like everything kind of slows down. It seems like it goes in slow motion. It's like, God, surely this is not happening to me. I mean, my life is good. I'm 40 years old, have a great business, beautiful daughters. I mean, it couldn't get any better, and I was just blindsided that day. Well, to make a real long story short, uh, Enrique didn't make it. He lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit. They called me, you know, on Saturday with that dreaded news. Hey, he didn't make it. And I didn't know what to do with my life at that point. I was like, this really put the brakes on. And Robin and I talked to each other. We prayed about it. And we said, hey, let's sell the business. So I did. I retired for the second time. And then we took a five-year journey. Uh, we traveled, we built a new house. I had to get my legs back under me. You know, you don't get over killing somebody. God gives you the grace to deal with it, but he gave me the grace. And five years later, she woke me up from another nap. She said, okay, big boy, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time to go back to work. We went in the construction business and God blessed it. And we were number one builder three consecutive years, uh, here in Nashville. I turned 50 and a couple of my mastermind group members said, you're going to retire again. Like, how many times are you allowed to retire? (laughs) And I said, well, I'm done this time. Well, in my mastermind group is Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and Dave Ramsey owns Ramsey Solutions here in Nashville and financial guy, Ken Abraham. Ken's a neat guy. He's got about 115 books in print now. All these guys got around me, and they said, listen, you need to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. And they said, no, you need to coach, man. You've had 12 businesses. You know, you and Robin have had 30-plus years in marriage you need to coach so we thought about it and i said you know i'm going to give it a try well hey the rest is history we started view from the top now we have national and international clients i facilitate seven mastermind groups every week it's called iron sharpens iron and our mission is helping ordinary men become extraordinary and we've got 70 guys in our mission in uh, in our mastermind group now, trying to accomplish our mission each and every day. And Jethro, I'm having the time of my life, buddy. I can't tell you uh, how much fun it is each and every day to help people accomplish their dreams and goals. So that's kind of a 38-year journey there, buddy, I gave you in about five minutes. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I think uh, having a life-changing event like you did it really does impact you. And, and, you know, one of the parallels to education, uh, working with young kids is that we, we see powerful events happen in kids' life that are good or bad. And we see how it can change them. And like you said, there's, that's something that you never really get over doing something like that. And so being able to, to take that and still find a way to, 
to have a meaningful life afterward can can be a challenge for for the best people and is is very difficult for those who are struggling in other areas as well so i'm just in, inspired by the things that you are still able to do after having that kind of a situation in your life well you know what i'm trying to get people if you'll allow me to say this what i'm trying to get people to realize is is that it doesn't take a major catastrophe in our lives for us to make a good decision but historically that's proven to be true you know we'll get into a relationship problem and then we'll enter in divorce and then we change our ways or we'll have a heart attack and then we lose 50 pounds or we'll have an automobile accident and kill a pedestrian and then we change the way we view life well I want people that are listening to, to hear my voice. We're smart people. We're educated people. Let's make the right decision because it's the right thing to do. Like if you feel yourself running off the road, you know, build guardrails, get boundaries, get people around you. Make the decision today so you don't have to radically transform your life as a result of a horrific accident or a bad decision. So that's the reason that I'm on this mission today, helping people make better decisions before they absolutely have to. Yeah, well, that was actually the question that I was going to ask is we don't want to have to wait for a awful experience to make us change our lives for the better. And most people who are in education are in education because they want to help people. But how do we when we're going through the daily grind of life, that is difficult. And as principals, we're dealing with, you know, everything from student suicidal ideation to National Honor Society and everything in between. And those are not mutually exclusive either. So how do we take a step back from the daily grind and find ways to work on ourselves and become better ourselves? Well, one of the things that I've discovered in all aspects of business and life is our mindset. And we are raised certain ways and we just take it for granted that that's the way it is. And we say, hey, that's who we are. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe there's personality traits that we can't change, but much of our behavior we can. It's kind of like happiness. Happiness is a choice. It's not a trait. We have to learn to be that way. The same way as we look at things as half full, not half empty. There's a book that Carol Dweck wrote called Mindset. Yep. And this book is amazing because it teaches us there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. The majority of the people that we're around today have a fixed mindset. Hey, I was raised in this environment. Uh, I have these situations that I'm dealing with, and it's just the way it is. And see, I don't believe that. See, like where I told you earlier, kind of in the introduction to what I was talking about, I was raised very poor. Well, I want to give you context to that so you'll understand. My mom put canned goods in our pantry during the summer and nailed a board over it so that we would have something to eat in the winter. So I'm not talking about, I'm talking about poor. We lived in a $6,500 house that my dad bought and we later lost in bankruptcy. Uh, there were four children and two adults and we lived in a 600 square foot house. I mean, I know about poor, okay? So I could have easily said, well, this is just the way it is. This is the environment I was raised in. My dad wasn't a good business person. I was dealt a bad hand, and this is going to be you know, the history of my life. This is the way it's going to be. But I said, you know, I don't want that. I'm choosing as a teenager to do better. 
I'm electing to do better. So I've got to change some things. I've got to change the way I look at it. I've got to change some of the actions that I do. One thing that I'm extremely grateful for, and you parents kind of listen to this as well, and you can teach your children. My mom wouldn't allow us to say can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to try. Well, as a result of that, it instilled in me a great amount of confidence because the things she forced me to try, I was successful at. And it gave me more confidence. And she had this little slogan, and I've adopted it as my life mantra. And it says, can't, couldn't do it, but could, did it all. And I have adopted that in everything that I do. There was another mantra was fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And see, I don't even believe in failure. I believe you either succeed or you learn. And so Oftentimes, people are afraid that it's not going to work out the way they wanted it to, so they don't do anything. I remember coming home one time with a C on my report card, and my mom wouldn't allow it. She'd say, I know you can do better than this, and you're going to do better, so I want you to get A's or B's. And I said, a C is average. She said, yes, it is. That means it's just as close to the bottom as it is the top, and you're above average, and you need to continue to excel. See, she instilled in me, even at an early age, a growth mindset. She instilled in me the ability to fear missing that opportunity more than you fear failure. She instilled in me a can-do attitude, and that's what I want to instill in people today. It's like, hey, I got a great amount of focus. People tell me oftentimes, and they've done this my whole career, you can't do that. I said, no, what you mean is you can't do that. And if you don't move, you're going to get run over because I'm going over there. Sheer grit, determination, perseverance. It serves you well. You've got to have a bigger purpose, right? Passion won't keep you going, but purpose will. And I use this little story. If there were two buildings, a hundred stories high with a board across the two, and I ask you, Jethro, for $10 to walk across the board, you say, there's no way, man. It's a hundred stories high. But if I put your little girl on top of one of the buildings and I set the building on fire, now no amount of money will keep you from crossing that board to rescue your little girl because you have a greater purpose. See, it's the same way in life. When we have a great purpose, nothing will hold us back. And I couldn't lay in bed at night thinking, would it have worked? That would kill me. I've got to lay in bed and go, you know what? It didn't work out exactly like I thought it should. So I pivot and I change, I learn, and I go a different route. And as a result of that, it served me well because we've grown 12 businesses with that mentality. Yeah. How do we, for helping kids who are, who could be in a situation like you were as a kid, poverty and possibly generational poverty, how do we as educators help them, help the parents develop the growth mindset in their kids? Well, here's the thing, first of all, and you principals and teachers and educators, I'm sure you're very conscious of what I'm about to say. You have a huge role and an impact in these children, without a question. I think of teachers that I had that I still know today, I still keep up with today, that had a great impact in my life. And here was one of the biggest things is when the teacher would say to me, Aaron, I believe in you. I know you can do this. But when those teachers say, hey, you're never going to make anything out of yourself, they breathe that into your life. There is nothing more powerful than for a teacher to say, I'm proud of you. 
I believe in you. I know you can do this. You breathe life into those children. You can help change that mindset. Their parents maybe won't do that, but you've got them for six or eight hours a day. I encourage all these educators to walk alongside these children, build the relationship with these kids, care about these children, because you never know the impact, what you're going to do. Now, I know we got to be real careful with this, but I will say this. The teachers, the coaches that I had would come up and grab my shoulder and say, hey, come on, man, you can do this. I, I, I've got confidence in you. I've seen you. I've See, what that does is it instills that confidence in those children. I'm saying the people that are listening to this interview right now, you could radically transform many students' lives if you'll take this approach. But here's what I see happen day in and day out. They go in, educators do, they do their job, they don't give them the time of the day, they grade their papers, they belittle them in front of other people, and those kids need you. They need your encouragement. They need you to walk alongside of them. And I would just say it's no differently than any other profession. It's care. Really breathe into these children and care about them and breathe life into them in this sense of encouragement. Edify these children, and you can radically change their life because they're at the most transformational time in their entire life is while they're being educated. You've got them right now where you can turn these children's life. Let me give you an example. I did this for eight years. There was a school called Neely's Bend Junior High School in Nashville, Tennessee. That school meant more to me than any school I ever went to as middle school. And after I graduated, I went back after I was successful, and I said, I want to do something for these kids. And they said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to give a scholarship to the eighth grader that is trying the hardest. And they said, what are you talking about? And they said, besides an education, a college education, I said, just to get them started. It doesn't have to be a full scholarship, but I want to give these kids an opportunity. They called it the Aaron Walker Scholarship Award. Every year I would go back and I would stand up and say, this school meant so much to me. And the teachers voted on a child, not that had the best grades, but the kid that was trying the hardest. And they would bring that kid up on stage and I would shake his hand. I would share my story. I would tell of my success. Come from nothing, from poverty to being very successful financially. And I would say, you can do it too. And I trust you and I know you can. And I want you to take this scholarship and this trophy and I want you to change your life. We followed those kids for years. Those kids became officers in the military. They became nurses. They went on to further their education because they had hope. You see, that's what you guys can give these kids. You can give them hope. And once we lose sense of hope, we've lost everything. So that's what we did. I know you as educators can do the same thing. Enlist people that are in your school maybe to do something similar to what I'm talking about. And it radically transformed eight students' lives as a result of me saying, I trust you and I believe in you. Yeah, you know, in in education, that's why we are all in it for the vast majority of, of educators. And we want to do that and want to have those opportunities and experiences. And it's so easy for us to get bogged down in the uh, requirements of the job and to see it as a job instead of seeing it as a way to build kids up to live a life of significance. And truly, that's all that really matters. And very few people that I've met care about their high school GPA or about what grades they got. And time and time again, whenever I talk to people about their childhood, education comes up and a teacher who impacted them and said they believed in them is 
is referenced or a teacher who uh, destroyed them is referenced. And so, you know, for me, one of one of those situations is a teacher did not like that I was the class clown and so kicked me out of all honors classes and took away chances for me to take AP classes because she didn't like that I goofed around. And so that left a big mark on my life. And in spite of her, I am in education to make sure that that kind of stuff never happens to the kids that that I'm working with because it had such a profound effect on me. I'm coaching a gentleman right now in our mastermind group that is dealing with the exact same thing as you're dealing with. And let me tell you what it's done to his life. He's 50 years old and he wants to be a public speaker. And a teacher made fun of him when he was in middle school and embarrassed him to the point he never spoke again. It's destroyed his self-confidence. And now as a result, he can't make a living doing what he wants to. If that same teacher had come alongside that young man and said, listen, you didn't do good this time. But with the proper education, the proper tools, I believe you can do it. And I'm going to help you get there. See, He could have lived 30 years of his life with the confidence and a person could care in him rather than belittle him and berate him, and it's affected his entire life. I don't know that all educators are fully aware of the impact that they're having on these students today. If they're not, my prayer is you'll become aware and that you'll walk alongside these kids and that you'll help them and encourage them to take them to heights that they've never been. I also would encourage the educators to be authentic to be genuine and say, Billy, listen, this maybe isn't the best thing for you, but let me introduce you something that could help you, right? It's like uh, Charles Duhigg wrote a book, and it's called The Power of Habit. And in it, he says, when you're on a diet, you can't focus on, I can't eat pizza, I can't eat hamburgers. What you've got to say is, I can eat salads, I can eat fish, It's the same way in the education systems. Don't berate them for what they can't do, but encourage them for where their strengths lie. And so I just would challenge the educators to take that approach rather than knocking them down, lift them up and edify them and encourage them to go to the next heights in something that they're good at. Yeah, you know, and it takes a lot to find what that student is good at. And it takes caring and paying attention because you can – Tell kids they're not doing good. They don't have strengths in certain areas, but you've got to help them find the areas where they do have strengths and help them see what they actually can do. And that is is very important for us us to realize. Now, you are sharing some of your knowledge on how to live a powerful life through a a new book that you are releasing this year. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because well, I would love to. Thank you. We're just scratching the surface here, and I want people to know there's a way to go deeper. Yeah, well, thank you, Jethro. I appreciate that. I didn't want to write this book, quite honestly. I was nervous about writing it because I've got a lot of friends in our mastermind group that are very, very prolific authors, and they have written amazing books that have sold millions of copies. And it was a little intimidating to me until Ken Davis wrote a book called Fully Alive. He's in my mastermind group, and he said, Aaron, let me tell you a little story. He said, when I wrote this book, I equally was uh, nervous. And he said, I got 17 emails the first year that I wrote the book. And it said, 
I didn't commit suicide as a result of having read your book. Wow. He said, what if I didn't write the book? He said, if one person's life is transformed as a result of reading your book, will it not be worth it? My goodness, Jethro, I took that and ran with it. It took me two years to write the book. I tell stories in the book about how to use grit and perseverance and determination, how it served me well. I tell about all the immeasurable rewards that are headed your way that you're not even conscious of. I talk about retiring early at 27. I talk about in the book how to break free, how to really live your life to its fullest, how to really have that purpose and meaning in your life. I talk a lot about setting boundaries. I set very, very stringent boundaries in my life. A lot of people say that's not very freeing. It's very freeing because you can operate fully inside of those boundaries and it protects your family. It protects you as an individual. I talk about that wreck and I give all the details, how it blindsided me. I talk about the mastermind groups that I've been in for two decades and how it's really guided and transformed my life. I choose my friends very wisely, and I talk about that because Jim Rohn says that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. If you want to know what your life is going to look like, just do the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that's what it's going to look like. And it's challenged me to up my game, to get me around people that are much smarter than me, people that are striving to do good. I talk about overcoming bitterness. It was a time in my life, two different occasions. I was very bitter, and it stifled my creativity. Many people, even listening to this, they're harboring a bitterness. Somebody did them wrong. A family member did them wrong, and they can't live free. And I tell you how to eradicate that from your life. And then the last thing I talk about is balance is impossible. You cannot balance your life between work and pleasure. You just can't do it. But I do talk about prioritizing your priorities, putting the big rocks in first and then backfilling it with things that don't matter. So we've got to be sure that we devote the attention and the time to the things that really matter. And when you do that, you'll hit a home run. The book is called View from the Top. People say, Big A, why did you call it view from the top? Because nobody wants a view from the bottom, right? <laughs> we all want to feel important. We all want to have that view. You have to decide what your view from the top is. Sometimes it's success. Sometimes it's significance. Sometimes it's a combination of the two. You can get the book pre-order right now. Uh, the book launch is coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to launch it, but we're doing something really special for the people that do the pre-order. You can get the book at viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. And let me tell you, Jethro, what we're doing. I've written another book called The Mastermind Blueprint. It's teaching people how to surround themselves with trusted advisors, people that are non-biased because there's value and there's trust in the counsel of the multitudes. And I talk about it in the book. I tell you how to develop your own mastermind group and how you too can surround yourself with these trusted advisors. Seth Godin recently endorsed the book. It's right on the front of the book. I'm going to give away a copy of that to every who pre-orders my book. And there are five interviews that I had the privilege of doing. One with Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, 
Ray Edwards, Dan Miller, and a guy named Lee Cockrell. Lee Cockrell was the VP of operations for Disney, a $175 billion organization. And I got to interview this guy that ran the company for 10 years. And I'm giving away all five of those interviews as well for the people that pre-order the book. So I just wanted to give back a little bit, showing my uh, gratitude for those that pre-order the book. We've got a, it's in 190 airports all over the country now. It's in all the major bookstores on Amazon. Uh, we've got a lot of support for this book. Dave Ramsey is the lead endorser uh, and many, many other people that you would recognize their name. I really think you'll get great value out of the book. Yeah, you know, I've I've definitely found that reading non-education uh, books really helps us in education as well. And so I, I greatly encourage people to check that out and that'll definitely help. And you, you talk a little bit about masterminds and I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the mastermind that I run for school principals. And so that is a great way to improve your own skills and get better is by surrounding yourself with people who are striving for the same greatness as, as you are. And just this morning we had our mastermind group meeting and, you know, one of the questions that was asked in there is I'm over time, I've noticed that people don't do the things that I ask them to do as a principal. How do I improve that? And what do I do better? And so that principal got these five amazing, diverse answers to how to deal with that and now can take the best parts of each of those answers and go back and improve it. So, you know, just a really powerful way to learn. And I'm sure that that your book has a ton of extra information about that as well. Jethro, I want to give one little plug for your mastermind group to these that are listening, if you'll allow me 30 seconds. But here's the thing. Uh, I've been involved in mastermind groups for two decades and there's no way I would not be in a mastermind group because we only have one filter. We only have one lens. We can only see life one way. But when you surround yourself with other principals, people that have different life experiences, people that have different knowledge and wisdom, uh, the IQ of the group goes to genius. And there's wisdom in the counsel of that multitude. And then you can take from that people that don't have anything to gain or lose as a result of what they tell you can make you hugely successful. So I would encourage everybody that's listening to this, if they've not got in a mastermind group, contact Jethro and get involved in his group because I promise you it will take you to heights you've never been. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Aaron. I I truly appreciate that, and I I agree. <laughs> so people can uh, get your book at viewfromthetop.com slash book and um, learn more about you, viewfromthetop.com. Anything else that you would like to plug there? No, man. Thank you very much uh, for having me on. It's been a delight, and you educators have a huge responsibility, and I know that you're going to rock it and you're going to do the right thing with it. So thank you for having me on today, Jeff. That was a great interview with Aaron Walker, and I am honored that he said such kind words about the mastermind that I run, and it has been truly a powerful force for the people that are in it, and it's definitely made a big impact in their lives. So I encourage you to check that out, transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind, and also be sure if you're interested to pre-order his book, viewfromthetop.com slash book. And thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful week. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com 
for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.